0: Well, hello, friends. We're in Romans chapter 6, and I want to uh, say this before we begin our teaching. You know, a Bible teacher has to have these things straight in his mind or her mind uh, before you teach others. The difficult thing about teaching folks uh, things like justification, sanctification, um, the um, mystical body of Christ— is to uh, Is to help them understand. It's uh, it's a communication thing that a Bible teacher wants the people to understand what he or she understands. All right, and uh, so that's what I'm trying to do. And I know this is uh, this is what we might call deep water spiritually, uh, but that's all right. It's in the Bible, and we need to understand it. And so we're going to start at uh, chapter six of the book of Romans and verse 6 as we look at the transformation which means change of the believer's behavior after they've been saved their behavior should change okay now let's take a look at the transformation of the old man here in verse 6 of Romans chapter 6 the apostle Paul writes knowing this knowing what well knowing that you have been spiritually baptized into the body of Christ when you got saved and that you have a responsibility by the way to uh, be baptized in water as a testimony to that to that uh, spiritual baptism. Uh, if you have not been baptized, immersed in water, you need to be, because that's what the Bible teaches. And I've often said this, if it was good enough for Jesus, John the Baptist baptized Jesus, then it's it's good enough for, for me. Because we as Christians, the word means little Christ, uh, we should uh, uh, do what he did. And he, of course, was baptized in water, and uh, he set the example. Uh, baptism in water does not save us, but it shows that we are saved. It's a testimony, uh, an outward testimony to an inward uh, change. Now, <clears throat> let's look at verse six. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, uh, that the whole that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. <clears throat> Now, what's what's he saying here? He is saying, Paul is, that there should be a transformation in the life of a believer when they get saved. For instance, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, or woman, in Christ he is a new creature, Uh, old things are passed away, behold, all will become new. Now, what's he talking about here when he says, therefore, if any man be in Christ... Uh, in 2 corinthians five seventeen he is saying that if a person has uh, been placed in the body of Christ, the mystical body of Christ, then he should he should um, by his behavior uh, he should he should live a new man, he should be a new man or a new woman the, the, the old things are passed away he 's talking about this he 's talking about the the old nature. Uh, that we're all born with uh, that that is that is dead positional wise again I, I I have to stress that when we get saved our our, our soul and our spirit are sanctified are set apart eternally uh, and we sit together now in heavenly places so there but there should be a transformation in our lives uh, you know the Bible says we've been crucified with Christ Galatians 220 and uh, since we have been possessed. Positionally sanctified by Christ, now we ought to progressively live a Christian life. Does that make sense? That's what it's teaching here. And notice what he says in the second part of, of verse 6. He says that henceforth we should not serve sin. Since we've died to sin, then logically we should not serve sin. We shouldn't let sin uh, have dominion over us. So we are positionally in Christ. The old uh, sin nature positionally has been put to death, uh, and uh, God considers us, um, you know, a, a citizen of, uh, of heaven. Uh, when the Bible says in Romans eight one, we'll study that more in detail as we as we continue. Uh, Therefore, now there is no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. The secret is in Christ Jesus. Are you in Christ Jesus? Have you repented of your sins and uh, have you trusted Christ alone as your Savior? If you did that, then you are in Christ Jesus. And therefore, there is no condemnation or judgment to them who are in Christ Jesus. All right? Uh, And as you look at that Romans 8, one a little closer, notice it says, "...there is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit." So, if you are truly in Christ Jesus, you will not walk after the flesh. You will not let sin have dominion over you, but you'll be walking are uh, uh, living after the Holy Spirit. You'll be led by the Holy Spirit. Well, let's go back and uh, look a little bit more here at Romans 6 and take a look at verse 7. He says, "...for he that is dead, the person that is dead, is freed from sin." Which basically is another analogy that dead people do not sin. If you have been saved, you have been set free from sin. Uh, again, because of your faith in Christ. Well, let me let me take a look at John chapter eight. And verse 36 in John chapter eight and verse 36. Here's what the Bible says. It says, uh, if the son therefore shall make you free, free from what free from sin, he shall be free indeed. So, in in the spiritual sense, we've been set free from sin. Now, in the practical sense, we should live like that or behave, uh, knowing that uh, we have been set free from sin. Uh, Of course, uh, uh, verse 32 of John chapter 8 says, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. OK, you'll be set free from sin when you when you you are set free from sin uh, in a spiritual sense. When you get saved now, then in your daily life, you are to uh, you are to have victory over sin and not let it have dominion over you. That That's what it's saying. OK, let's let's go on with um, uh, verse eight. Now, what we're going to see in verse eight, we, we've seen the transformation that should take place. If you're truly saved uh, in the believer's behavior after they have been saved, uh, he or she has been saved. Now we're going to look at the future transformation of the believer's body. See, our spirit and soul has been transformed. We're a new creature. All right, that's positional sanctification. We sit together now in heavenly places. We're citizens of heaven, but we're also citizens of this earth. Now then, we still have to deal with the body. So let's take a look at verse verse 8 of Romans 6. Now, if we be dead with Christ, and in a spiritual sense, we are dead. Colossians chapter uh, chapter 3, I, I mentioned that in verse 3. We, we died with him. We were buried with him. We raised from the grave with him because we are in Christ. All right. Now, uh, he, he's saying here in verse 8, Now, if we be dead with Christ, which every believer is identified with Christ's death, we believe that we shall also live with him which means if we died with him, he didn't stay dead, did he? He was buried, but three days later he arose from the grave. Well, we believe, in other words, we should believe if we've died with him, spiritually speaking, then we have the promise of raising with him as well, as what, what Paul is saying here. We shall also live with him. Now, uh, so he is saying here that our our identification with Jesus Christ in his death on the cross, we've identified with his death, we've identified with his resurrection. Therefore, uh, as sin has no more dominion over him, it shouldn't have any more dominion over us. So let's take a look at verse 9. Knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more. He's not going to die again, all right? Death hath no more dominion over him. So since he rose from the dead, he's free. Death can never. Oh, death, where is thy uh, sting? Uh, Oh, grave, where is thy victory? First Corinthians 15. So uh, here he is saying that he since he triumphed over sin and we are in him, then we ought to triumph over sin. All right? We're not talking about for salvation. You're already saved. But in our Christian behavior is what he he is dealing with here. And uh, notice what he says there in in, in verse uh, 10 of Romans 6, "...for in that he died, he died unto sin once, but in that he liveth, he liveth unto God." So as Christ died and was raised from the grave and lived unto God, so we as believers should do the same. That's what he's talking about when he gets to verse 11. So let's take a look at verse 11 of Romans 6. Likewise, all right. Uh, You might say it this way, in the same way, in the same way, what Christ, uh, he died, he was buried, he raised from the grave to walk in newness of life. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive unto God through Jesus. Notice that through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So uh, here in, in verse 11, he is saying, Paul is saying, the believer must consider or reckon themselves dead to sin and alive unto God, just like Jesus did. Verse 10, Romans 6, For in that he died, he died into sin once, but in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise, verse 11, uh, Reckon or consider you yourselves also to be dead indeed uh, unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. See, what he's talking about here is not salvation. He's talking about living the Christian life, getting victory over sin in your daily life. He's not talking about sinless perfection. He's talking about the believer identifying with what Christ did He died. He was buried. He rose again. Now we should do the same. Uh, But here's, here's the point. It will require, get this now, an act of our will to do that. It's our responsibility to reckon ourselves dead indeed into sin, but alive into God through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's something we have to do as believers. Again, it's, it's, it's a mindset. It's, it's, a, it's an act of our will that we want to be like Jesus. So we're going to identify with his death. We're going to identify with his victory over death. And we're going to live as he lived that we might be conformed to the image of God's dear Son. It also requires an activation of our mind. Believers, according to 1 Corinthians 2, and I want to turn your attention there. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. According to the Bible, every believer, every true child of God has the mind of Christ. Did you hear that? I didn't say that. Paul says that. look at first Corinthians 2 and look at um, look please at verse 15 but he that is spiritual judgeth all things yet he himself is judged of no man. Now here it comes Roman or I beg your pardon first Corinthians 2:16 for who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? Question mark. But we have, right now, we have the mind of Christ. Well, that's a statement, isn't it? We have it right now. Every true believer has the mind of Christ. And so we've got to, since we have the mind of Christ, we ought to think like Christ. We ought to uh, act like Christ in our daily behavior. Not to be saved, but because we are saved, and so we can have victory over sin instead of sin having victory over us. That's what he's talking about. So, when we go back to our, our text there, when he says in verse 11, Likewise, reckon ye, you believers, also yourselves to be dead indeed into sin, but alive into God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Uh, and you can only do that through Jesus Christ our uh, your Lord, by the power of the Holy Spirit. And then he says, and and again, here is the believer's responsibility. Let not sin, therefore reign in your mortal body. Don't let it rule you. Don't let sin rule you that you should obey it, sin, and the lust thereof. So he is saying here in verse 12 that a believer must control their mortal body. Their spirit and soul is sanctified is set aside by God eternally secure but we still have to deal with we still have to deal with our bodies which can sin Now, it's our responsibility when he says in verse 12, and he's talking about progressive sanctification here. Remember, positional sanctification is a work of God that sets aside the spirit and soul. Progressive sanctification is a work of the believer. Um, When it says, let not sin is speaking to believers, therefore reign or rule in your mortal body. Okay, now let's go to 1 Thessalonians, which, of course, the Apostle Paul also penned under inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Listen to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 3. Paul writes, "...for this is the will of God, even your sanctification." What's he talking about there? He's talking about progressive sanctification. You setting yourself apart for God. Now watch this. For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, 1 Thessalonians 4, 3, that you should abstain from fornication, which is speaking of sexual sins. All right. And here it is that everyone first Thessalonians four, four, that every one of you, every one of you believers, every one of every one of you children of God should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor. Paul is saying you as a believer ought to know that you should set aside your body for God you should set aside, which means uh, that's what the word sanctification means. And it's your responsibility to do that. God has set aside your spirit and soul for salvation. Now for victory over sin to live the Christian life, you have the responsibility. I have the responsibility to set my body apart. That's what Romans 12 is talking about when it says, uh, well, let's just turn to Romans 12. I don't want to misquote it. You all are familiar with it. Uh, I beseech you therefore, brethren, verse one, Romans 12, by the mercies of God that you present your bodies, a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. So God sanctifies the spirit and soul. We have the responsibility as believers to to set apart our body uh, for God. That's what it's talking about. If we want to have victory over sin, if we want to be rewarded by God, then we're going to have to practice progressive sanctification on a daily basis, setting ourselves apart uh, to speaking of the body. It's our responsibility. Your body will either control your regenerated spirit or your spirit will control your body. I'm saying the human spirit, but, but every believer has a regenerated spirit, a spirit that's been made alive and it's up to the believer to either let the, 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 the spirit, the, the new spirit he has, or she has in their, in their body rule over sin or let sin rule over the spirit. Well, let me show you a couple of other things, and then we're gonna we're gonna be gonna be done. Uh, let's let's go to the book of Proverbs over in the Old Testament, and notice something that that um, the Lord led Solomon to write in Proverbs sixteen and verse thirty-two. We're, we're talking about ruling your spirit. Uh, sin will either take rule over your spirit, or your spirit will take rule over sin. Listen to what it says in Proverbs sixteen thirty-two: He that is slow to anger is better than the mighty. And he that ruleth his spirit than he that taketh a city. So as a believer, we should be in charge of our spirit. We should not let sin rule us, but we ought to allow our, our, our regenerated spirit that was given life when we trusted Christ as our Savior, have it rule over the sin that we are tempted with. Now, um, how do you do that? Well, First of all, I think it's important that you know that as a believer, you can still sin. There's no such thing as, uh, as, uh, as uh, uh, sinless perfection or the eradication of sin or a second work of grace. The Bible does not teach that, but it does teach that we all have the potential to sin after we've been saved. All right. And uh, the Bible talks about uh, uh, if we're going to live for Christ, let us lay aside the sin that so easily besets us. Now, I believe that's teaching that every child of God, every born again believer has one sin that gives them more trouble than any other. It could be stealing, it could be lying, it could be lust, it could be a lot of things, but you know what it is, and uh, the writer of Hebrews says, lay it aside so we can run the Christian race. That's in Hebrews twelve one. Well, let me just read that to you. I, I don't want to, and it's speaking of believers, he says in, in Hebrews 12, one, Wherefore, seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, that's talking about all the Old Testament saints in chapter 11 of Hebrews, let us lay aside every weight, here it is, and the sin which doth so easily beset us, that the one that we really have trouble with, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. That's not talking about salvation, that's talking about the Christian life, the Christian race, after we've been saved. Now, to to be successful, we have to realize we can sin after we're saved, and then we need to realize this, that we need to deny ourselves access to this besetting sin. Well, any kind of sin as far as that goes. But that sin that gives us, uh, so easily besets us or sidetracks us, uh, that tempts us and we give in to it. We've got to deny ourselves that besetting sin. And uh, just a couple of thoughts here. Just common sense. Don't mess around with it. If you're besetting sin as pornography, don't watch any pornography. Don't uh, subscribe to Playboy. Uh, just, just don't. Uh, you know, David said he'll set no wicked thing before his eyes. You've got to make a decision. I'm, I'm not. I know that I might be tempted to uh, to do that, so I'm not going to give myself access to it. That's what the Bible means when it says, deny yourself, take up your cross daily and follow me. Not to be saved, but to have victory over sin in your daily life. Get away from any person, place, or thing that might cause you to give in to that besetting sin. You know, I'm reminded, and I won't turn to this, but I'm reminded of the story uh, of Joseph uh, in Egypt, and uh, he was put under the authority of Potiphar, lived in Potiphar's house, and and he was a servant to Potiphar, and Potiphar had a beautiful wife, and that beautiful wife uh, seduced Joseph, tried to get uh, him to uh, commit sin with her. But, but the Bible says, well, let me just turn to it. I, I, I do want, want you to see this. Uh, Joseph, being a child of God, was was tempted, uh, but in chapter thirty nine of the book of uh, Genesis, uh, listen listen to what happened. The Bible says in verse twelve of chapter thirty nine of Genesis, and she Potiphar's wife caught him by his garment, saying, "Lie with me," and basically have sexual relations with me. Now watch this. And he, Joseph, left his garment in her hand and fled and got him out. He got out of there. What's the point? The point is, if you know there's a, a sin that you are susceptible to, stay away from it. Don't. That means a, a woman or a man that you're tempted to uh, commit adultery with or uh, commit sin with. And that means, uh, as I said, a person, a place. If it's a place that's going to tempt you to sin, don't go there. Stay away from it. Or a thing, whatever it may be. Now, if you are tempted to look at pornography on the computer, my advice to you is get rid of the computer. You could live without it. People live without a computer for thousands of years. And if it is tempting you, get rid of it. I mean, you know how strong you are, how weak you are, and if you if if there's something you're going to put before your eyes and it's gonna it's gonna cause you to sin and sin have rule over you, my advice is get away from it, get rid of it, whatever it takes. Well, we're gonna we're gonna stop right there with our teaching today. Uh, some of you are probably glad I did. I am stopping there, but uh, uh, we we've stopped there in in. Um, In verse uh, 12 uh, of Romans 6, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal B-O-D-Y body that you should obey it, obey sin in the lust thereof. Uh, We'll pick it up in our next session in in Romans 6 and verse 13. So I hope you will study with us in our next session.